For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be discussing the AL West from a betting perspective. We'll talk about some of the props that possess a lot of value in the betting markets. Last week, we went through the NL West, talking about the San Francisco Giants and their respective division, mostly about the dominance of the Los Angeles Dodgers. This week, we're going to be continuing that trend. We're going to be switching over to talk about the AL with the Oakland Athletics and some of their division rivals in what I personally think are going to be the final regular season placings, as well as the over-unders in some of their respective win totals. Without further ado, we're going to dive right in. We're going to be talking about the odds to win the actual division. These lines are according to FanDuel. The Astros are currently the favorites, naturally so, to win the AL West at minus 145. The Oakland Athletics are second at plus 230. The Angels are plus 500. Uh, to win the division, third lowest, uh, third lowest odds. Fourth lowest odds are the Texas Rangers at 18 to one, and the Mariners, last but not least, at 90 to one to win the division on FanDuel. So we're going to start out with the favorites here with the Houston Astros, and their win total is over under 35 and a half wins, with the over being at minus 104 on FanDuel. Now, looking at the Astros, of course, they had a lot of drama and turnover during this course of the prolonged offseason mostly with the scandal involving the cheating, which led to the eventual firing of manager A.J. Hinch, and they replaced him with longtime manager and potential playoff underachiever uh, Dusty Baker, as he is the new manager for the team. Now, looking at the actual Astros roster, though, still very solid, of course. It's going to look worse from a pitching staff uh, perspective after losing arguably the best starting pitcher in the league in Garrett Cole as he ended up packing his bags and heading to New York. But you still have a pretty solid rotation, at least from the top two and a half or so, with Verlander as your number one, Granke as your number two, McCullers as your number three, which is a pretty solid option, but he's had some injury issues over the course of his career. Then you have Urquidy as your number four, and Josh James as the projected fifth starter, potentially Brad Peacock, depending on where the Astros want to go from there. Overall, rotation's decent. Top two are definitely solid with Verlander and Granke, but after that, it kind of falls off a decent amount. The bullpen is going to look a little bit worse without Harris, but bullpen's still decent. Osuna uh, is a pretty decent closer, and he should do a pretty good job of uh, saving some leads and leading to some victories in the regular season. The lineup, of course, though, is the bread and butter of the Astros as they bring back basically everybody. You still have Altuve, you still have Bregman, you still have Correa, you still have Springer, you still have Alvarez, you still have Goriel. Uh, just a phenomenal team when it comes to hitting the ball. And simply put, the Astros should score a lot of runs, especially with a very, very interesting offseason for pitchers. And I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the pitchers across the league struggle early on. And the Astros have the ability to put up around five runs a game. So they should do very well. Now, looking at the actual projections for the Astros, I think they should be the favorites in the division. 
but we'll get into that in a little while after covering all of the teams. In terms of the over-under and wins, I'm going to lean to the over here. Uh, simply put, I think the Astros are the team that benefits the most from no fans or a very small percentage of fans in attendance, especially after all the garbage can memes and all the booing that you had in spring training before the season got shut down. Uh, the Astros playing in front of a neutral environment should benefit a lot from that, and I think that they will come out with a lot to prove, and they simply have a lot of talent. But for that reason, I will take the over 35.5 wins for the Astros at minus 104 on FanDuel. Now, switching gears, talking about the Oakland Athletics, the team that a lot of you have tuned in for, their over-under is 33.5, and, uh, and the money is even on both sides on FanDuel in terms of the juice. Now, for the A's, pretty interesting team here. I already gave the breakdown on them two weeks ago, but I'll do it once more. Minaya is most likely going to be the number one starter. Fires is going to be likely the number two. Montes is going to be the third starter. Lazardo probably in fourth, and A.J. Puck at the number five spot. The bullpen is decent. you got Soria and Petit as uh, pretty decent middle relief options, along with Trevino and Diekman. And your closer is Liam Hendricks, who is one of the best closers in the American League. So from a bullpen perspective, definitely a plus for the athletics. Now looking at the actual lineup here, pretty good. I'd say nobody really jumps off the page. Of course, Marcus Simeon was the main guy last year, as he ended up getting some MVP votes because of his stellar play. Uh, you have Matt Chapman, of course, who's more known for his glove, but still a solid hitter. Still not really sure why he was in the home run derby last year, but that is besides the point. Other than that, you have Chris Davis, who is known, of course, for being a low-average, high-power guy. Piscotti, who is also pretty good. Loriano, who, if he can stay healthy, is a very solid bat. Matt Olson is a good RBI guy. You have Sean Murphy as the new catcher, who's also pretty good behind the dish. Uh, simply put, A's have a pretty solid lineup, and their bullpen is pretty good as well. The rotation could use some work besides Manaya and Fires, but as a whole, this team should be decent. Now, the one issue I do have with the A's, though, is based on COVID, and the reason why I bring that up is because of the fact that Oakland got a late start in terms of practicing because of all the issues going on with COVID in California. So they were only able to start reporting roughly a couple of days ago. And they would start. They had their first, I believe, full practice roughly two, three days ago, which is a lot later than all the other teams in the league besides the Angels, who I'll get into in a minute. So that is a little bit concerning for Oakland. I'm a little bit concerned there with the uh, slow start in terms of practicing. And, of course, in this very, very unique circumstance with the offseason I think that the more reps the better of course and I think the A's could get off to a potentially slow start because of that which is a bit concerning so for me I was originally leaning to the over and that's where I was leaning to last a uh, couple weeks ago when I was going through the A's however this lack of preparation does have me a bit concerned but I'm gonna lean to the over am I gonna play this no but in reality, I think the A's are good enough to win 34 games, 35 games, give or take, assuming that everything goes well. I'm still a little bit concerned, though, with the slow start, as I'll repeat. But if they can potentially deal with that, or if that is just a conspiracy theory by me, and the A's actually start off decently, I think this team is the second-best team in the division. I think they should be able to win a decent amount of games. And I think Oakland, after making the playoffs, or the wildcard game, I should say, for the last couple of years, I think they'll definitely be very motivated to get back into the, I guess you can call it the fall classic, because that's still what it's going to be. So hopefully they'll be able to piece it together. And I actually like the prospects uh, for the course of the year. So for me, I'll lean to the A's over 33.5 wins, which is available at minus 110 on FanDuel. Now switching gears, talk about the other team in 
California. You have the Los Angeles Angels, who are 5-1 to one to win the division once again, and their over-under is 31.5 victories. Uh, simply put, the Angels made a lot of moves during the offseason, mostly with the manager, as they ended up deciding to bring on a very, very familiar face uh, to the team, and it is going to be a longtime manager, Joe Madden, World Series award, uh, World Series champion Joe Madden, as he was eventually let go by the Cubs, and he ended up signing with the Angels. Now, of course, the Angels' main bread and butter is going to be the lineup with the likes of Mike Trout. You still have Albert Pools, who has been around for a long time. You still have Justin Upton, who's been around for a decent amount of time. You have Shohei Otani. Not a big fan of Upton, honestly. I think he's underachieved based on his uh, just talent alone. Pools extremely old. His contract is an absolute disaster. But you still have Trout, you still have Otani, and they also had a huge free agent signing in Anthony Rendon at third base, which should provide a huge boost to the lineup. And you also have the return of Tommy LaStella, who was having a career year at second base before suffering a season-ending injury with a couple of months to go. The main issue, though, with the Angels is going to be the pitching staff. This rotation is not great, and I'm putting that very, very delicately. You have Otani, who might pitch once every six days. Nobody really knows how the Angels are going to handle Otani with a pitching uh, from a pitching perspective, after he recovered from Tommy John roughly a year ago, you have Heaney, who's eh. You have Dylan Bundy, who they got from the Orioles, who's mediocre, I guess. You have Julio Tehran, who's pretty good, but he can be very inconsistent. And you have Griffin Canning as your number five starter, who is, I'd say, average at best. However, the bullpen is an absolute disaster. You have Hansel Robles as your closer. That's not exactly a good sign. Other than that, though, you have Cam Bedrosian as one of your middle relievers along with Kenyon Middleton, Ty Buttry. This this bullpen's an absolute gas can. I think this bullpen's terrible. I think they're going to blow a lot of decent leads. And for that reason, I simply just don't like this team. I think Joe Madden tries to be the smartest guy in the room. He's occasionally successful. But other times, he tells Javi Baez to squeeze bunt with two strikes in the middle of a World Series game. And it backfires on him, and nobody talks about it. So... I expect him to bat Trout leadoff a couple of times. He'll try to get creative. He'll try to do Joe Madden things because he likes to be quirky. But in reality, I think that this team's lineup is good, and I think this team's pitching staff is going to be, it's, um, un, I think, just going to be a disaster. So for that reason, I think 31 half is too high. I don't expect this team to finish over 500. I think this team should finish with a losing record, assuming that Trout and Otani can even stay healthy as they've had some injury issues over the last couple of years. Mostly Otani, but Trout did have that wrist issue at the end of last year. And for that reason, the Angels under 31.5 is the move, and that's available at minus 106 on FanDuel. That has to be the only way that I'm leaning. Now, looking at the uh, fourth team that we're going to be talking about in the AL West, you have the Texas Rangers, and they are once again priced at 18-1 to to win the AL West. And simply put, I don't think they're going to win the division. However, I actually do really like this team on paper. Uh, at 18-1, to definitely a good price if you're looking for a sprinkle of value there. The over-under at 28.5 wins. Looking at the Rangers, breaking it down, it's a pretty unique year for the Rangers. Usually they're known for their lineup and scoring a lot of runs in Arlington, and usually their pitching leaves a lot to be desired. Now they're going to be in a new stadium, assuming that they're going to be even playing at it, and you have to wonder how they will translate. However, the lineup, not that great, if I'm being completely honest with you. Trino said catcher is okay. Guzman at first is okay. Odor at second base, uh... I mean, he's got a hell of a right hand. This is what he showed to Batista a couple years ago, but he's still a decent hitter. Todd Frazier, pretty good at third base. You have Elvis Andrews, who's a pretty good shortstop. You have Danny Santana in center, who's okay. Willie Calhoun, who's okay in left. 
You have Gallo as the coronavirus, but he's expected to recover by the start of the regular season, who is a low-average, high-power guy, of course. And then you have designated hitter Shinsu Chu, who is one of the most underrated players in baseball, in my opinion, based on how good he's been at the dish for a long period of time. And simply put, uh, Texas's main strength is actually the rotation, believe it or not, which sounds extremely, I'd say, puzzling based on how they've built their team in recent years. But the rotation is actually pretty good. And I think you make the argument they have the best rotation in the entire division from top to bottom. Number one, most likely going to be Corey Kluber, uh, who's coming off of a broken arm with Cleveland, did not pitch last year at all. But they ended up trading peanuts for him, and he's going to be the ace of the rotation. Number two should be Mike Miner, uh, who was very solid last year. I expect him to perform well once again. Number three should be Lance Lynn, veteran journeyman, but he actually had a pretty good year last year, and I think he should pitch well once again. Then you have Kyle Gibson, who left Minnesota for Texas. Pretty hit or miss. I'm not the biggest Gibson guy, but for a number four, definitely a decent option there towards the back end of the rotation. And number five, you have Jordan Lyles, who's bounced around a little bit from Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. Pretty decent option at number five. So from one to five, Texas, Texas rotation, actually pretty good. Decent amount of veterans in there who should be able to get you roughly five or six innings on any given start. The bullpen, though, is an issue, though. You have the likes of Jesse Chavez. You have Rafael Montero in the bullpen. Brett Martin, definitely not a lot of household names. A couple that might sound familiar for some wrong reasons, uh, particularly with Jesse Chavez, who has had uh, pretty low lows, so to speak, so far in his MLB career. And the closer is Jose LeClerc, who is, I'd say, decent. A lot of people don't really know who he is. However, last year he had a 4.33 ERA, not the greatest option in the pen, especially to shut down uh, games in the ninth. So I'm a little bit concerned there, but I do really like the rotation, and I think this ro- I think this lineup is okay. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that this is pretty um, solid. It's just not, and having Greg Bird in the wings is not something I'm looking forward to seeing. But in reality, I think 28 and a half is a little bit too low especially with the Angels, who I project to finish under 500, I think Texas can sprinkle into a potential 500 season. I think they could potentially finish a little bit over 500. So for that reason, um, I'm going to have to go with the over 28.5 wins for the Rangers, which is available at minus 106 on DraftKings. Now looking at the final team, last but not least, you have the Seattle Mariners, who have over under 24.5 wins. And simply put, this team stinks. There's really no other way to put it. I'm sure even Seattle fans could admit it. Uh, this team is going to be really, really bad. If you want to start out with the rotation, you have Marco Gonzalez at the number one. I actually like Marco Gonzalez as a pitcher. Is he a number one? No, he's probably a number three on a mediocre team. Then you have Kikuchi, who was the massive free agent signing that the Mariners had last season, which turned into an absolute catastrophe. If you look at his numbers, as he was 6-11 with a 5.46 ERA. He stunk, and he's arguably your number two pitcher in the rotation. Number three, you have Taiwan Walker, who got injured very, very early on into last year. Had a pretty decent career with the Dimebacks, and he will look to hopefully return to form for Seattle's perspective uh, following that injury and the recovery process. Still a little bit uh, skeptical, though. Everyone yeah, have seen him pitch. Don't really know what to expect. I'm going to expect that Walker is going to be mediocre, assuming he can even stay healthy for the course of the season. Uh, number four in the rotation, you have Justice Sheffield, who was in the Paxson trade with the Yankees. Sheffield definitely wasn't a promising prospect, but looked very underwhelming last year as he had a 5.5 ERA. Once again, not a great option. 
At number five, you have Kendall Graveman, who is, I mean, he's he's there. Uh, he's a body. He's got some experience, but I don't think he's that good. If you want to look at the bullpen, I actually am a fan of Hirano as the closer, as they ended up acquiring him from the Diamondbacks. Is he a great relief pitcher? No. He had a 4.75 ERA last year. However, he did have some bright spots with the Diamondbacks, so I do think he has some upside. And I do think that after posting a 2.44 ERA in 2018, I think he has some upside that Seattle could look for. But if you want to talk about the actual rest of the bullpen, definitely a negative once again. You're looking at the likes of Carl Edwards Jr., and I'm sure Cubs fans don't have many high praises to say about him. Austin Adams, Eric Swanson, Brandon Brennan, uh, Dan Altavila, not really any good options here. And for that reason, I think Seattle's pitching staff is going to be a disaster. And the only thing worse than their pitching staff is their lineup, if you want to break it down. They still have Kyle Seeger. You have J.P. Crawford. You have Vogelbach, who's a, who's a designated hitter who hits a lot of home runs, but can't really run faster than three miles an hour. Other than that, you have Malik Smith, who can steal a lot of bases, but in reality doesn't really get on base that much. Kind of a poor man's Billy Hamilton. Uh, you have Shed Long at second base, Tom Murphy at catcher. This team's terrible. Uh, th- I-, I am shocked this team's win total is a 24.5. At first glance, when you look at this roster, you think this team might win 19 games, maybe 20 games, 20 and 40. Sounds pretty realistic for a 60-game season. Um, I really have no idea where they're going to get the 24 wins from. So for that reason, I have to lean to the under uh, 24.5 wins, which is available at minus 112 on DraftKings. And I feel pretty, pretty confident about that under. So once again, just to recap my thoughts on the division, I think the Astros won the division at minus 145. I simply think that they are the best team from top to bottom. They have a lot of drama that they're overcoming from the offseason. But with the lack of fans, I think that will help them out. And I think it will lead to less of a distraction, especially since they're going to be at maximum maybe 30% of fans in attendance. I think the Astros will just coast once again to a division title. Other than that, though, looking at the win totals for the division, I'll recap those once again. I like the Astros over 35.5, which is available at minus 104 on FanDuel, and they'll finish somewhere around 37, 38 wins. Next, you have Oakland over under 33.5 wins. I'm going to lean to the over at minus 110 on FanDuel. Not going to play it personally. This number seems right to me, and the lack of a proper head start in practice is going to hurt, in my opinion, at least early on. Uh, based on COVID. So for me, I'm going to pass from an actual betting perspective, but I'll lean to the over 33.5 for the A's. Next, you have the Angels at over under 31.5. Similar to the to the Athletics, I'm concerned about the delayed start to camp uh, because of COVID. And for that reason, in addition to the fact that I hate this pitching staff for the Angels, I'm going to lean to the under. I think at under 31.5 and minus 106 is a solid deal that you should not pass up. Now looking at the Rangers... Over under 28.5 wins. I like the over at minus 106 on DraftKings. Simply put, kind of the inverse of the Angels. I'm not a big fan of their lineup. I actually do like their rotation. I think they should find ways to win games. I think Kluber, assuming he can turn back the clock a little bit, is a very solid option at number one. And one through five, Minor is your number two, and Lynn is your number three. I think you're going to find ways to win games. And I think the Rangers could surprise some people and finish around 500. So for me, lean to the over 28.5 wins for the Rangers at minus 106 on DraftKings. And the last play here is my favorite play in the entire division for win totals, and it will be the Mariners under 24.5 wins, which is available at minus 112 
on drafting. Simply put, once again, the Mariners stink. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. This team really just has nothing to look forward to. And their only player who might be worth a damn is Marco Gonzalez. And since the Mariners are so bad, I expect them to probably trade him around the trade deadline in pursuit of younger prospects, as the Mariners know that they will need a long rebuild if they want to be competitive at some point in the next, I'd say, five years. So for me, my favorite play in this division is going to be the Mariners under 24.5 wins, which is available at minus 112 on DraftKings. Other than that, though, that's going to be the installment of the Benning Barrier podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I hope all of you enjoyed. Last uh, we've pretty much finished our entire baseball breakdown. I hope all of you enjoyed that. Other than that, though, uh, yeah, um, for, in terms of next week, we're going to figure something out and talk about it. But as a whole, uh, that's going to be this installment of the Betting Barrier podcast here on Thursday, July 9th. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.